Welcome to this week's Torah Simacha. The beautiful musical introduction was recorded by my son Eliyahu, especially for us. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. A few people asked me to put together a book list based on last week's message, and I want to let you know I do plan on doing it. It's just taking me longer than I would have liked to get to it. I'll let you know when it's ready. Okay, it's Parsha's Balak, outsider at Israel. Hopefully, this message will still resonate with the, those of you who are already up to Parsha's Penchas. Parsha's Balak highlights one personality, the prophet of the nations, Bilam. Fascinatingly, Bilam is presented as the counterpart of Moshe Rabbeinu. We know that lo kambi Yisrael kamosha od, no other prophet arose in Israel like Moshe, but outside of Israel, no, we know that there was Bilam. The Torah clearly wants us to study Bilam in juxtaposition to Moshe. So let's look at one critical distinction between them. Moshe Rabbeinu was the greatest Navi, but he was also the most humble of men, Anav Mikol Adam. It's easy to understand the relationship between humility and prophecy, because in order to transmit Hashem's message most clearly and directly to others, you want that messenger to have as little as possible of himself, his own ego, intruding on Hashem's words. Moshe was the greatest Navi precisely because he was humble. He made himself to be nothing except the channel through which Hashem could communicate to the world. As much as is humanly possible, Moshe really effaced himself before Hashem, resulting in his prophecy being the clearest and most direct in history. Now we turn to look at Bilam. Although he had the ability to be a prophet on par with Moshe, Bilam's self is always present. His desires, his opinions filter into his prophetic career in direct contrast to Moshe. How do we see this? So let's start by looking at the story. The officers of Moab came to hire Bilam to curse the Jewish people, and Bilam began by giving the right answer. He said, stay overnight, I'll let you know what Hashem says about it. And Hashem's answer was clear and unambiguous. Lo you shall not go with them. Lo ki you shall not curse the nation, for it is blessed. Moab, the nation, did not accept the no. Balak sent higher ranking officials to ask again, And instead of telling the officers, Hashem had already said no. You know, every kid hopefully learns if mommy says no once, it's no, don't ask again. Bilam didn't do that. He demonstrated he hadn't really accepted Hashem's answer because it wasn't the answer he wanted to hear. He told them, I'll ask Hashem again, implying maybe this time Hashem will say what he wanted to hear. And truly, just as he hoped, Hashem said he could go, but cautioned he should only say what Hashem directed him to say. The story continues. When Bilam got up the next morning, he saddled his donkey and he left with the officers of Moab. But immediately the Torah says, Hashem was angry that he was going. Then we have the angel that stood on the road to block his way. And the great prophet Bilam did not see the angel, but his donkey did, which seems very odd. And then when Bilam finally erupts in anger at his donkey, Hashem opened the donkey's mouth and he spoke to Bilam. And finally, after that, Hashem opened Bilam's eyes. He also saw the angel trying to block his way. And the story goes on from there. What on earth is going on here? Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs has a beautiful explanation. Bilam wanted to go. He wanted to curse the Jewish people. And as opposed to Moshe, who could put aside his personal wants to communicate whatever Hashem wanted him to, Bilam could not set himself aside 
and accept Hashem's mission without his own heavy filter. He heard the first time Hashem said, no, don't go. But he didn't want to listen. He didn't want to accept that answer. When the second request came, he implied Hashem could change his mind. Stay overnight. I'll ask Hashem again. Rabbi Sack says it may seem like Hashem changed his mind because he did give Bilam permission to go. But in actuality, he never did. Hashem did not want Bilam to go. Not the first time, not the second time, and not when the angel blocked the road. But we know Hashem runs the world according to certain principles that he has established. And one is, Hashem speaks once. It's up to us whether we will listen or not. But if we refuse, Hashem does not force his will on us. He doesn't save us from our choices. He allows us to make decisions. The final permission to go did not mean Hashem had changed his mind. It meant Bilam had refused to change his mind. So Hashem arranged events without Bilam's cooperation. The lesson Hashem showed Bilam through the donkey beautifully demonstrated what the nature of true nevuah is. It's Hashem's power and message that will prevail, not the self-important human who puts his ambitions in the way of his role as a prophet. Hashem demonstrated that Bilam's greatness as a prophet was only because Hashem chose to put words in his mouth, not because of his own ambition. It was a donkey, not the greatest prophet, that saw angels. It was a donkey, not Bilam, that spoke Hashem's words. Pitting his own will against Hashem wouldn't work as a prophet. Moshe humbled himself so that Hashem's words could come through crystal clear without any distortion. Bilam was the exact opposite. He tried to push his own agenda on Hashem. He didn't accept the first no. He asked a second time. He hurried off the next morning to try and use his powers to feed his own ambitions. But he ended up failing and going down in history as a Russia. What does this have to do with us? In each moment, we are faced with a choice. Is my life about what I want? Or can I set myself aside and take on what Hashem wants for me today? I was thinking about this this afternoon because Thursday did not go the way I wanted it to. Each errand took longer than I wanted. Every drop off and pickup of a child took longer. And I did not get to do the things I really wanted to do today. Fortunately, though, I'd been mulling over Parsha's Balak in preparation for this, and I was able to catch myself in the middle of the day and appreciate that I was feeling frustrated because my plans for the day were not playing out. But I had a choice. I could choose to be more like Moshe instead of Bilam, letting go of my plans and accepting that it was Hashem's plans for the day that were going to happen. I think we all face this tension at various times, and I think that as hard as it is for us to let go of our own wishes and adopt Hashem's plan for our lives, it is often even harder for us, or at least me, to do it in our children's lives. Parents have dreams for their children. We have plans we've developed. We have expectations of our own, and we have those expectations that we've imbibed from our society, our schools, and culture. We are full of our wishes for our children. Yet Hashem's plan plays out in our children's lives just as in our own, and we can choose to push our agenda or adapt ourselves to His. We can choose to be upset over a child who isn't exactly like the one we wanted, the one who doesn't hit the milestone at the time we'd like them to, the one who acts like an immature child when we wanted a tzaddik from birth, or we can choose to be more like Moshe and accept our lives, accept our children as exactly what Hashem wants for us. Either way, as Hashem showed Bilam, his plan will ultimately prevail. But it's up to us if we choose to be his messenger in the fulfillment of that plan, like Moshe Rabbeinu, 
or God forbid, remain stuck in our own heads with our own frustrated ambitions and desires. Parsha's Balak is a wonderful reminder to each of us to embrace Hashem's plan for ourselves and our children. Have a beautiful Shabbos.